Speak softly loud and hold me warm against your heart. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Hollywood Godfather Podcast, episode number three. Very interesting one, I'd have to say myself. The Academy Awards, then and now. And we all watched the Academy Awards other than Pat, we know that. <laughs> Pat didn't, Pat didn't look. No, I didn't have any problems sleeping that night. Otherwise, I would have uh, tuned it in, yes. Okay. Well, you know, all of us, and uh, myself, as a kid, always wanted to be in the movies. I really never watched the show. Because I was, you know, television, everything wasn't expanded like that, and I was out every night. But in 1973, I got dragged into it because our film, The Godfather, in 1972, got many nominations. Did you expect it when you were filming that movie? We didn't even know if the movie was going to get out. Paramount kept saying they were going to pull the plug on it. Really? Well, there was so, so much conflict, and the the opening scenes of uh, meeting Pacino, mm-hmm. who was nominated for supporting actor in that movie, um, you know, the opening scenes was my wedding, and they saw him as this weak little soldier, and Kate, that's my family, not me, and all, you know, he was just this boy, and the sophisticates and the educated producers on the lot at Paramount were seeing dailies at that time. You know, they get the film the next day of what we shot. Mm-hmm. And they say, this guy's gonna become Michael. They couldn't believe it. They saw this, you know, like Jimmy Kahn playing Michael. That's who they wanted to begin with. Oh, okay. And uh, Well, it's a lot better this way though. You, you see how he changes. Yeah, you see, you see him you grow. See shift. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm saying, cool. I was teasing when these geniuses, they weren't geniuses. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they, they you understood why Michael got dragged in. All, all the dialogue, if he didn't emote the way he did, you would never have respect for the guy. If he came in as a bully, he's a bully. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not only that, if you, if you uh, look into his character, he was suppressing his violence and his anger. He was in the Marines in the South Pacific. Right. I mean, this is a violent guy. And he was a war hero. Exactly. But this is a guy that, 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 that knew violence. He knew violence worked, but he's trying to suppress it. He right. doesn't want to go back to a violent world when he just came from one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, what a great character. For, oh, for no, he was great. Oh, yeah. So, to answer your question, none of us thought, because every day they were threatening to close it down. They're going to close it down. Talking about... Joe Colombo and his guys. Well, no, that was over. No, we already settled that. Oh. I'm talking about when we were shooting. Why did they want to shut it down? Well, the studio didn't like where it was going. They thought Michael could never become Michael. That they that who they saw, like yeah. we just said. But then when they started seeing it happen, then they realized, you know, we have something here. <laughs> yeah, and the guy's a genius, Coppola. Yeah. So, um, with that said, um, here we are with all these awards. And I really wanted to go to the award show. You know, I had my tuxedo, I had everything. I, I was in Vegas, I came up to LA, and uh, you know, my good friend, Mr. Brando, mm-hmm. uh, I always got in touch with him, why not? He's the best. And with that said, he's, uh, I said, were you gonna go tomorrow? You want me to come, I'll pick you up? And he said, I ain't going. So he didn't go? I said, what do you mean you're not going? No, he didn't go. Did any of you guys go? 
I didn't go either. I, went, I hung out with him. But only to find out what he did. He let the Academy know that he wasn't going. I don't know what excuse he gave them. He's but I'm having this, I can't believe this, Shiana Littlefella. Shashim. Shashim, Shashim Littlefella. So you knew her. I didn't know oh, her. Sure. Okay. Shashim, Shashim <laughs> Littlefeather was going to go in his honor, and would they respect her and give her his ticket? She has a message for me if I should win. Because he didn't know he was going to win. And, um, but at that time, he was so bitter already. Because here's the movies out as a big hit. You know, and, and Brando basically fought for that part. Nobody knew that. I mean, he really wanted this part. He needed it. I mean, he had, I mean, Brando's career was insane because, you know, he won an Oscar for On the Waterfront. Right. He was nominated for, you know, Streetcar Named Desire, didn't win. He, I mean, he had Viva Zapata, didn't win. Then he wins for On the Waterfront. And after that, he's done so many expensive flops, his career was over. His career was over. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And, you know, he was still a young man. And we're talking about the, these things were, uh, Viva Zapata was like 1952. Now here you're talking about 20 years later. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the only reason he got the part, Francis convinced him to do a screen test as Don Cordelion. Right. And though, even, with, even though the studio loved the screen test, they only would pay him $250,000 which was crazy for an Academy Award actor mm-hmm. for the amount of time on the set and everything. They said, if he does it for two fifty, we'll do it. And he did it. But the other part that most laymen don't know, in his contract, he was capped out as a million dollars with you know uh, your residuals and everything else. Once he got that, he got nothing which really pissed him off, which most people don't know. That's why when we did Godfather Two, which was three or four years later, they wanted him for that closing scene that we all came back for, even myself. Mm-hmm. And they gave me for that one day what I got for the whole movie. Wow. First movie. Yeah, and the first movie. And then Marlon Brando, he wanted a million dollars to show up just to stick it to them. They made up so much money, it was ridiculous. Oh, and they wouldn't give it to him. They didn't? No, nope, they didn't give it to him, he wasn't there. And, and Jimmy Kahn did Brando impression, impersonations, his voice, everything. So he went into the hallway when Papa was supposed to come in and blow the candles <laughs> on the cake and Brenda wasn't there. It was, that, was, that was so crazy to see. Because we all go get him, you know, and Michael's left at the table by himself, which is a great closing scene mm-hmm. but for two. But anyway, but uh, Brando came up with this idea and said, no, I'm not going to go. And uh, so I, you know, and he's, I mean, I'm, for me to hang out with Brando, go to the Academy was I was never with one, in one. Mm-hmm. I wasn't nominated, so we drank. <laughs> Where did you go? Well, th- there was a bar that he loved. And that's where we went. I mean, it was, you know, it was there, and that's where we went. And it was right down the hill from his house. So uh, it's no, no longer there. But with that said, when he wins, this little feather goes up and rejects the Oscar. Said, so Mr. Brando is very appreciative, but he does not accept the Oscar. And, and so he never physically got that statue. 
did he? No, I, I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. That, that part I don't know. But then she gave the speech where he's really denounces the way they treat the American Indian in this country and, and how they project them even in film. And it was a whole thing like this. I was shocked, but I only to find out soon after, like the next day, that I didn't know George C. Scott. He did the same thing the year before. Yeah, what, what was his complaint? Well, I, was, I don't know that. No, I, I, was, I was trying to find out what it was, and nobody seems to know. But because I did some research today, no one was going to talk about it. But George C. Scott won the Oscar for Patton, which was one of his b biggest claims to fame as an actor. And he turned it down, which was so amazing to me. Because, you know, my, my relationship with Brando right up to where he died was, you know, one fascination after the next. Because right after, you know, in, in 89, we, we did a movie which was a spoof on The Godfather called The Freshman with Matthew Broderick and Bruno Kirby, who was in Godfather 2. And that kid passed on since then, too. I can't believe these people. A young kid, young actor. He was a young guy. Yeah. yeah. And then Ma Maximilian Schell. And that movie was a great movie. Mm -hmm. But even then, I mean, that was the biggest payday he ever got. For How any much movie. did he get? Um, the rumor was he got between 10 and 12 million for that. Brando? For Freshman, yeah. So he played, he was, he, was, he was spoofing himself, right? Yeah. He played Don Corleone, but he, Paramount would never give him the rights to it. So the kids were students in NYU, and he played, and every time you went to say, that's the, and I can't say that. Yeah, right. They used it in the movie, which is funny. When his daughter started dating uh, Matthew Broderick, they were students, in NYU, mm -hmm. they came to this house, their house downtown on Mulberry Street. Right. And uh, they walk into the house and there's the Mona Lisa above the fireplace. And she's an art student. She says, that's the best copy I ever saw of, Marlon, of a Mona Lisa. And the, and the daughter says, that's not a copy. That's the original. <laughs> and then the father walks in just like Don Corleone, uh -huh. the makeup and everything. And the kid's Same looking voice. at him and looking at him. And, and, and she says, like, stop staring. <laughs> that is funny how they use that, how they kind of poke fun at it saying, he looks exactly I know. like, and then they kind of cut it off. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. You just saw it recently, right? I did see it, yeah. You're probably more familiar with some of the scenes than me. It was so long ago. But then, well, then he must have been real happy to get that twelve million dollars. Oh, well, that's why he did it because yeah. I negotiated that with Michael LaBelle and and uh, Andrew Bergman. I did three pitches with them on a on a production side. I did striptease with Demi Moore that year, soon before that, and then I did uh, Chances Are, which was another good movie. And then they did this, and they wanted Brando. And then they, they worked it out. But Brando was so smart. He borrowed Sinatra's plane, which is another friend of mine, because he thought, and somebody told him in his ear, don't get the money paid to you here. Get it paid to you in Tahiti so you don't have to pay taxes on it. Oh. So he used Sinatra's plane 
to go to Tahiti, had them fly from Warner Brothers to pay him to sign a contract there. Oh, my God. Which is brilliant, though. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you look at even if it was 30 cents on the dollar with a capital gains, and that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, it's $4 million. If so who told him to do that, Sinatra? Uh, no. No, I, uh, 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 a guy who thinks he's smart with numbers. Me. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing with Streisand. When Stry- well, Streisand was going to work for my friend, Kirk Kerkorian, and do the opening week of the International Hotel. Thanks. And the stock was $5 a share. So I told her agent, I said, listen, tell her not to take the money. Tell her you want the equivalent of the 50000 in stock. Hello. It's 10,000 shares. Right. So she did two weeks, and then right after her, the last two weeks of July, my friend Elvis Presley comes there. By the end of that run, the stock was $22. So she got what would be an equivalent. She got 200000 Oh, wow. You think I got a thank you, a hanky, a gift? Nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. nothing. I don't think anybody even said that. You know, a kid told me to do that. Mm. No, but I mean, it's just, I mean, to see a guy like a Brando do what he did, you know, and, and Paramount didn't want him. But who else? I don't know anybody else that could have played Don Corleone. I mean, they were they were bringing in people like Danny Thomas. I mean, are they crazy? Danny Thomas. I, I swear to God. Oh, that's Danny right. Thomas is Marlo Thomas's father. Marlo. Do you know who Marlo Thomas was? No. Oh, he was a song dance comedian idiot, yeah. but he had his own show, the Danny Thomas Show. But they just saw Hollywood. They just thought, you know, we get this old guy to play him. And, Randall and, was only forty-eight when he played that. Movie. Right. I know. Yeah. 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 But uh, who knows? I mean, even that whole time of his life because when we came back from doing The Freshman which was in 89 and it was so funny because he'd just been doing that voice again as Pat you know where I'm going with this when he, yes, sure. I get that phone call ah yes and we just get back in 89 and 90 he's calling me a few months later that his son Christian just shot his brother-in-law oh, man. and I'm saying like this guy's life is like up and down like an oldest elevator. He's got yeah. great career highs and down. It's it's amazing. And then, you know, obviously, uh, we said this on another show, and, and that, you know, we got Robert Shapiro to represent the kid, and he wound up only doing less than five years from manslaughter. That's amazing. Not bad. Yeah, and, uh, and then during that time, even when Christian was away, his sister Cheyenne committed suicide. So Brando was... I mean, destroyed. Mm. And the Brando I know and the fun, jovial Brando. But are you being a, 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 in the entertainment world and obviously enticed mm-hmm. by being on the set of Special Victims Unit oh, and all yes, that? Oh, yes, my favorite. You, what the young people, like we know Pat and I, we're callous to this. But did you ever use the Academy Award as a, a platform for you? Were you an enamored young kid wanting to see the stars or Of course, yeah. I mean, I've always been fascinated from a young age of actors, acting, celebrities. It wasn't until later that I really did want to get into the entertainment industry and, you know, try to become an actor or, you know, work in film or anything like that. But I did always I did always watch it. See, I could show you. You, you just what you said shows your age into our industry. Well, years ago, it used to be an actress or an actor. Mm-hmm. 
now you're only we're all actors. That there's, is true. There's no sex anymore. I didn't know which, that I said that. Yeah, you did say that. But I'm yeah. saying that it's the point I'm trying to bring across is that, you know, I, I got involved in the 45th anniversary, 45th Academy Award because mm-hmm. we were nominated. And you and I sat here with a group of people the other night yeah. to watch the 91st. I, I mean, that's a lot of years yeah. went by. And the transitions, and the biggest thing that was pointed out to me this year, more so than ever, was the people of color in the audience. And I watched that maybe the last 15 or 20 years where they were rebelling and people of color weren't getting enough parts. And you just keep seeing them getting bigger and more parts. I'm wondering why now white people are not protesting why are white people getting more parts mm. and in more films? I, I mean, well, that that'll start next year. Yeah, I, I hope so. You know, the, the Academy Awards, at, at least uh, my my vision of them. I watched them all, all my life until probably the last five or six years. It, they were not political. Yeah, you got Bob Hope up there uh, telling some some political jokes, but he skewered both the left and the right. It wasn't so vitriolic where everybody's pissed off. They have to say something. And like ruin a very pleasant evening with, oh, with their views on politics, and that's so, sort of what turned me off. Well, and not only that, it's interesting you're saying that because I hear that from my people of my age and people younger. It's a political platform now. I mean, yeah. I can't believe the disrespect in this country. I don't care if you like Trump or not; he's still the president of the United States. And when you see every late night television show doing their first 10 minutes about making fun of the president. That really is true. It does happen I mean, more it's, often than not. It's happening every night. Right. But the thing oh. is that I don't think, and we're talking about, you know, they're saying we're violent, we're getting more prejudice. They're doing it themselves. They're allowing this to happen. Nobody well, the thing has, is, why do it on a night that America waits to see? They want to be entertained. They want to see their stars be stars, to be somebody special, and they get this, you know, a type of uh, rip, uh, rhetoric about politics. See, but I, I just got tired of it. Well, I, I mean, I, but it took you a long time to get tired of it because I'll well, tell I figured you. it would change the following year when somebody wise them up. They're they're losing viewership every year, and there's a reason for it. Well, you know, the numbers I, are going down. Oh, I know, but you know, I, I mean, I I can remember when. Um, I mean, this is how crazy I am. I, I did a mental block on her. Warren Beatty's sister. What's her name? Big actress. Uh, Annette Benning. No, that's his wife. Oh, His yeah. sister. Oh, well, oh, Shirley MacLaine. Shirley MacLaine. Oh. Yeah. Shirley MacLaine protests the Vietnam War. Not Shirley MacLaine. You got me saying it, too. What's her name? Shirley MacLaine is Warren Beatty's sister. Is it? Okay. Yeah. She married, uh, what's her name? CNN, right? Tom Turner. No, that was Jane Fonda you're talking about. That's why I'm saying you're wrong. <laughs> Jane Fonda is Warren Beatty's sister. No. Okay. All right, whatever. No. Who cares? All right. All right. Anyway, when Jane Fonda started protesting the Vietnam War, that I saw her whole career go down. And yeah. I've, I've been watching this really evolve to right now where everybody's doing it in any way they can. Saturday Night Live, everybody. Mm-hmm. Where, you know... She had a political reasons, like so many other people did, especially you, Pat. You were there in the Vietnam War. 
Thank you for your service. I came home with a hell of a tan, by the way. Yeah, mm. I, I can it imagine. Was all, it was all worth it. But the interesting, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Knowing your vanity, you're like me. I, I, that's what I'd say. At least, look at the tan I got. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hey. Yes, but they're shooting at you. Yeah, but just don't shoot at me. Shoot over my head so I can get this tan. Like a lady. <laughs> I, well, that's I, why I, you I, didn't get hit. You were always laying down on the beach. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Bullets whizzed over me. No, but I, I mean, I, I watched it slowly get worse and worse and worse, and which really turned me off from a, I, I, I enjoyed this because it was such a mix of what was going on and, uh, you know, the, um, I mean, the musical stuff and I mean, and I know, you know, of Lady Gaga because we all do and I, I could never see her becoming what she became thanks to Tony Bennett and then Bradley Cooper and then to to make that movie for the third time, and I love Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. but to only I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say they didn't get the accolades they thought, so they should rethink the next material. How many times can you make the same movie? Yeah, Even though that wonderful singing together and all that, but the guy that really sticks in my mind is Spike Lee, because Spike Lee, you know, since 1983, this guy's been making movies. Mm-hmm. And and we or we we all know the movies he, he's made are basically what he's been protesting indirectly, and after all of these years, thirty years in the business, he finally gets an Oscar, even though for screenplay for whatever it was. Right. How dare he go on stage and say they misjudge my film and Green Door shouldn't have won? Did he say that? Oh, so did he say it's been a, it's been, it's been back? Green Door was a porn movie, but we we get the message. No, but I'm saying, but he thought it still falls at the bottom line. It wasn't a foreign film, Green Green Door. Green Book. Green Book. Yeah. Was not a foreign film. No, right. Oh, oh I thought you said it was foreign film. No, no, no. no, no. I, no. I, I said when you said when you said Green Door, that was a porn movie. Oh no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sure where my mind goes. <laughs> Behind, Behind the Green, the green door. door. Yeah, I remember yeah. that girl. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, she started in Deep Throat too. I think. Anyway, oh, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Linda Lovelace. Linda Love, that's it. Yeah, she speaks highly of you, Gianni. She should. Yeah, of course. No, but anyway, uh, when he got up there and threw that, that's what he said. Mm. He said, I think they misjudged this. He said, I feel I'm at Madison Square Garden and the judge on on the other side of the floor didn't see that foul. And tried to compare it, even offstage. And this is one of the reasons I don't watch the Academy Awards anymore. It's supposed to be a fun night. Maybe I'm being naive here, but, you no, know, but I like to see my, my, my movie stars be movie stars. But that, you know, where, where I'm going to this, this guy was the advocate of people in color should be in more movies and this and that and the other. And there was everybody in that audience that was pretty well balanced, maybe even off-balanced. But here, Ali, a man of color, wins <laughs> This movie, and he has his own brother throwing him under the bus. I could see if it was an all-white movie. Maybe Spike Lee is just being Spike Lee, but he, I think he was absolutely. He was pissed. Pissed. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying it. Bad. You know, like, but I mean, it could, just you know, shows, control you know, yourself. Yeah, it's a great night, like you're saying, Pat, and that's yeah. what it should be. It should be the accolades of all this hard work and him over 30 years. After a while, you know, I think it was three or four years ago, they gave him an honorary. Oscar to Spike Lee 
because they felt bad and the guy's always protesting and they oh gave him an Oscar. Well, look, you know, the bottom line is he's a talented guy, but he, he, he lost a, a lot of the little class that he has by saying that. Oh, my God, yeah. And that's what people are going to remember him for. Not the great movies he made, and they were good. I've, I've seen uh, most of his movies. They oh, Michael, Malcolm it's, X and, you know... Uh, the, the guy, great movies. The guys, I mean, he did some really good movies. I know, but Do this the right is what thing. he's going to be known One for. of his first movies, 1989. Yeah. No, but I mean, and you're right, but, but yeah. all I'm trying to bring out is, why are they mad yet? <laughs> <laughs> they got the industry to control it now. Uh, they, don't vocalize it if you are mad. That's uh, that, that was classic. Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, I should have won. You shouldn't have? Come yeah. on. Yeah, that's, that's not good. I mean, it's... That's uh, act. And, uh, you know, By the way, getting back to The Godfather... Uh, did you know that it was the first time in Academy Award history where two different actors playing the same part won Academy Awards for that part? Brando in 73 and Robert De Niro playing the Don Corleone part. They both won Academy Awards. For the same character as he played. The same the character. Yeah. First time and last time. Because well, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, he, he gave me the trivia and then I woke up and I said, how could I not know that? Because mm. yeah. I'm good friends with Bobby. And uh, I always tell people when we're out and after a while, and he's so serious all the time. And they say, they say to me, how do you know each other? I said, what are you kidding me about? <laughs> yeah, right. It's my father-in-law. <laughs> That's I, he thinks I'm going to say like you thought I was going to say, I acted in the movie with him. Mm. I didn't. I never saw him. Mm. Really? I was in the flashback in two. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I, wasn't ever even, I used to go on the set, but I didn't act with him. But I threw him off one night. I said that because he, he thought I was going to say, you know, we were, we're all in The Godfather together. Mm-hmm. I said, he's my father-in-law. <laughs> and they all looked at me. Said, I said, he's Don Corleone. He's my father-in-law. And they thought it was a joke. And he didn't. <laughs> he's, he's so, I mean, I love the guy, but very, very interesting. Uh, what's the word? Um, Introspective. But uh, eccentric. Oh, that's really cool. eccentric. I mean, this guy, he, he'll, he'll ask to meet me, and I'll go meet him. And then when I arrive, I have to look around the room to try to figure out who he is and what is he wearing. And I have to walk around and find him. Like I met him up here one time, and he had a hoodie on. And he's sitting <laughs> in the corner. How am I going to find you? He's what's the idea. Is he in disguise? <laughs> If you're rich, you're eccentric. If you're poor, you're crazy. No, that's exactly right. I, yeah. I, I, I've been called crazy, and now, fortunately, I'm called eccentric. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> that's think, how you know you've arrived. They, they, they think I've arrived. I got nothing. I love it. <laughs> IRS, I got nothing. Remember that. <laughs> Not a cent. So? <laughs> so you're drinking tap water. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. You can't even afford spring water. The bottom line now, though, what what... Pat and I wanted to hear from a young thespian. Mm-hmm. What is what's your concentration of all of this? The little girl that sat and watched the picture. Mm-hmm. Now you just graduated Fordham in this in this vein of getting to become an entertainer. Mm-hmm. What what do you say to people who are aspiring to be in our business? What do I say to them? Yeah, you you're you're on their level. Now you're finding out. Yeah, yeah, I don't I wouldn't say I'm there yet to to, you know, lend any advice, but 
Pat, should we fire her now? Or what? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, You're sitting in here. You, I, mean, you know, I, I think well, we should yeah, do obviously that. Obviously, if I'm here, I made it. I, I made it. I, I, I made it. Wait a minute. We have to get rid of this. This is a big first get rid step. Of before she takes over the show. Yeah. Oh hello. My gosh. This is but, this is you know, in 46 movies I made. That, that, that one nine you, Oscars. You've made. You've got to give the advice. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying now that you've been around me for a couple of months and seeing the ins and outs and hearing all these stories, mm-hmm. I think you have a better opinion than most at your age who just graduated also. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just want to know, because I, I, you can never get in the movies the way I got in the movies. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> you know, I'm a, yeah, there's no more influence from the mob. Yeah. They, they run away from mob people at this point. <laughs> And Joe Colombo, obviously, you know, there's not going to be any of those guys volunteering mm-hmm. anymore. Not quite. But um, I, I was just curious, and all week knowing this and knowing we we're going to do this show, mm-hmm. and then after sitting here watching you the other night cheering on who you liked and didn't like, it was a good show though. I enjoyed the show. Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it was. Well. It was. You know, I, I like the idea. Pat, you didn't see. They had no, no host. I know that. Yeah. Which I think worked well. Was there originally supposed to be a host? Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, that, that little black comedian. Kevin Hart. Yeah. Kevin Hart. Okay, yeah. and then something and said, came out about him, old well, tweets or something. Well, yeah, uh, about him. He was talking ten about years gays ago, or something. Uh, you know. During a stage act, he made some homophobic jokes. Ten years ago. Oh, man. Now, and homophobic, does that mean gay? Yes, sir. Because uh, okay, <laughs> so you have the dollar ninety eight vocabulary. I still I, have the five five. I mean, one. but <laughs> yeah, homophobic. But it, but it's an act. He didn't say it during a, right. during a, an and, interview or one on one. It was jokes. I know, and that's tough yeah. because anything that that comes out nowadays from years ago, it's like you get you get. Slammed. Oh, it's so stupid. I mean, you have to be so from, careful. I can see but, it from both sides because yes, you have to be careful, but then also you know. Oh no, you and can't that's, be careful about something or, you said ten years ago. That's the problem. Yeah, you know, but the I just the, the thing I feel sad sad about now, and, and thank God he don't need any money, but that would have been a big opportunity. I mean, so many guys did it for so many years. Johnny Carson did it. I mean, you're talking about major, major people that did the show, and I kind of liked the idea that you know they just had different people coming up and made more of a of a variety out of it than you know. And, and there was a rumor the week before. Oh, oh. Whoopi Goldberg? Whoopi Goldberg. And I'm saying, I hope that ain't happening. Mm. I mean, She's I, done it a couple times, hasn't she? That's why. Yeah, that's why but she, she really was sick. She was missing on The View. So they oh. created the rumor that she's out in L.A. getting prepped for rehearsals. Right. No, they started. And she that she was going to be the surprise host. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you know what the what Joy Behar said to Aquello's rumors? She said, I'm going to put a stop to this now. Whoopi Goldberg is not on the show because she's on maternity leave. I, I, oh, yeah, I, I heard that too. But yeah. you know what? I like you. You almost gave me a great line too, because you said she was the ghost. Yes, and that was a big movie she did. Do you remember that? She came back in the movie as a ghost, a black ghost or a white woman. Ah, she, 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 she was she was a ghost medium. Yeah, but I mean, she, you said ghost anyway. <laughs> I mean, black. I mean. I, I like Whoopi, but Whoopi's a, a female Spike Lee. She's amazing. Yeah, and, 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 you know, I can't keep going on about this stuff, but um, I'm still waiting for your answer, though. You know that, don't you? My answer? To a young, aspiring actors and actors. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could say actor, actor. Actor. All of you out there, now that you're getting your feet wet, 
-hmm. What's your opinion of it now that you've graduated, you got this diploma? Mm -hmm. I haven't graduated just yet. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. So, do you think it's going to be easy? (laughs) No, I don't think it's going to be easy. I'm glad you said that. because (laughs) So many people with all these entertainment shows that just entice people and they, you know, hearing about these people getting fifty million dollars and ten million dollars, and and you know, I, I I'm an old cocker, and I used to like Fred Astaire, and he dressed well in all of the studios and all that, and now because there's such a mismatch of people, stars don't have a longevity over more than five years. Unless you're a super superstar, and as so many people getting locked up in trouble, overdosing, yeah, uh, movie stars had had that aura about them where they were different than us. Now yeah, they're yeah. not; they're just like us. Yeah, and you wanted to fantasize being that exactly, and the way exactly. they drove cars. I mean, only to find out later on we were being taken advantage of at that point. Oh, the, sure. That's that, human like everybody else. Yeah, but not only that, but the studios were creating myths out of Rock Hudson and Tab Hunter and all that. They were all gay men at that time, but not recognized. So they used to put them with, uh, um, what was that called? Sandra D and uh, Big Starlets. So they'd become the couple and that you wanted to be an emanate as you got older. Gave them the cars, gave them the dance lessons, singing lessons. Now, if you want to do that now and become an actor or a singer or whatever, you got to do that. There's no more studio contracts. They're not grooming anybody anymore because they realize. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many people want to do it. They're showing up by busloads. I feel sorry for When I lived, I spent a lot of time in LA and my, my biggest problem I had early on for the people who ever did recognize me they'd say how could I get in this business I said what business Mm. acting business I said it's not a business it's luck Mm. if you want to get into business open a business (laughs) this is not it there's no returns anything creative Johnny whether you're an actor a writer a singer an uh, 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 an architect anything that that is, is creative. You got to be extremely lucky. You oh, know, no, I, yeah. I I know writers. I know writers that that could write circles around me. Twenty years, they're still trying to get their first agent. Forget getting the book published. Uh, the you know the, the the stars have to align. Yes, the story has to be interesting, but you have to have the right agent. It's got to go to the right person. It's the same, same thing in the acting business. Right place at the right time. Yeah, I mean it's it's I I was I mean I so many times I reflect on the luck that I have that, you know, I read the book, or somebody read it to me, and uh, 1969, I don't know what I'd be doing, I was 50, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I was 26, and here I am 76. I don't know my life without The Godfather. So many times I say, like, what would I have done? I've capitalized on this movie, more so than anybody, I think, monetarily. I mean, my businesses and, the different ventures that I've had from it. But I really stayed focused, which I think accounts for why I'm still being known for The Godfather. Because mm-hmm. I was the one that really went after it and kept marketing it and marketing it and marketing right. it for myself. Because even Pacino, he can't understand. How, how are you the ambassador 
to all these Godfather products. Mm-hmm. She I, worked you know, at it. Yeah, you worked at well, it. Not only that, but I, I told him, I sent right back to him. I said, listen, you became a movie actor. I became an ambassador. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we all got our stuff. Everybody got our stuff. And I mean, you know him. And they make millions of a, a, a movie. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm great actors, but, you know, talking about actors, these guys were amazing to watch them emote. And, right. you know, I was blessed because my acting teacher was... Marlon Brando, and he yeah, told me. Than that. No, he told me everything. But wasn't that first uh, table read where you're going over the, the the script? I mean, you walk in there, you're sitting at this big table in uh, in that that pizza joint, Patsy's, uptown. You never acted a day in your life, and you're surrounded by big actors. I mean, but weren't you intimidated by these people? No, you know, I've I've been asked that question a hundred times. The interesting thing is that. I didn't even know the younger actors. The people that I was enamored with was, the, the, you know, Charles Maw- John Morley, uh, Richard Conti, Sterling Hayden. These are proven thespians, right? And then Marlon Brando, obviously, to cap it all off. These were really major actors. Well, well they were at the table. I know. Wasn't Brando and, and Sterling Hayden at the table? That's what I'm saying. But I, I'm a different breed because... After me getting out of the out of the polio ward and surviving and hitting the streets, I knew, put anything in front of me. If I walked out of this, and here I am, and able to do what I've been doing, even prior to this, you know, I'm, I'm with a guy who's probably the strongest guy in the whole world. And if I wasn't intimidated by Frank Costello, who's going to intimidate me? Maya Lansky, okay. yeah. Yeah, you know, this guy. A genius. I mean, I was around major, major people early on, and I think that basically groomed me to not be intimidated. These guys are actors. I'm guys. I'm, I'm with guys could kill people for, mm-hmm. for you know, just yeah. for laughs if they wanted to, and they did. Some of them, you know, you piss some of these guys off when you're out at night, they'll shoot you. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean. And, and, and you, that was a great question because I think the audience themselves probably wondered why wasn't I intimidated? But that's the reason I wasn't. I was being groomed so psychologically without knowing it mm-hmm. and knowing when to speak and knowing what, who to respect. My whole life and why I'm alive and successful, I respect people. I respect who they are. I don't care what walk of life you are. If you have something to offer, I want to listen to you and see, because I've learned by listening to people. And that's what's wrong with, I think, this new generation and the me too and I deserve generation. Go out and do something. Achieve it yourself. You feel a lot better for yourself. Like, you know, go ahead. I, I, I got to laugh when uh, you were at that uh, table reading and, and, and Brando asked you, who did you study under? And you had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> Nothing. Under. Yeah. I said, I, I, I didn't know what he meant. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know there's acting schools. I didn't want to go to any school. Yeah, let alone acting school. Yeah, hello. That's like that. So what'd you tell them? I told them, what, what are you talking about? What, study what? And that's <laughs> I what I told him. I, that's the line that came out of my mouth. And he said? That's when he called Francis over. He said nothing after that. And he called Francis over, Ford Coppola, for people who don't know who Francis is. And uh, he said, you've got to rethink this. We need a, a, an actor. And that's when he broke down the script. I didn't know about breaking down the script. I didn't know what a cold reading was. I thought they were going to turn the air conditioning on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know this, this terminology. 
And even what did I Randall thought, say? They wanted, he wanted to get rid of you, right? Oh, my God. He, he definitely wanted to get rid of me. And uh, not only that, I didn't know the protocol on a set because I'd never been on one that you're not allowed to dismiss the director. And I told Francis, like I would tell anybody else, that I didn't want to hear something. I said, go over there a minute. And the whole room went quiet because they heard me say that. But then he walked away. Normally another director would say, you're out of here. Yeah, Yeah, you're gone. What are you going to, are you crazy? We're here. I didn't know this because when you're in rehearsal, it's that's why you get a call sheet. It's a day's work as an actor, and you're rehearsing. This is business. Right. And it's the same protocol. You carry out everything that the director says you do while you're in that rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And uh, who am I to, you know, to dismiss him? And then the other thing I did, I didn't realize you couldn't do, because I didn't read the call sheet. I mean, I read it, but I didn't go to every line. In the bottom of the call sheet, it said, please avoid Marlon Brando, even eye contact. Wow. We weren't even allowed to look at him. <laughs> because I guess his agent and manager said, you know, he's in there with all these young kids. He's going to go home if they stop bothering him. Mm. And they were always worried about that. I mean, everywhere we went. And it was him who created all these crazy things that he was doing. He was a love I mean, practical joker. I mean, talk about young actors, and I think we'll end, end it this way. For any young actor to get intimidated, I should have been, I never saw two ambulance drivers that were extras. Marlon Brando called them in. All of you who are listening to the show, stay focused on this. The two ambulance drivers, Marlon Brando wanted to meet them, bring them into my dressing room. And nobody knew why. And he said, this is the first time on the set. And they said, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, now, understand, I'm sure they told you your duties. We're going to come out of this ambulance. One of you are going to be on one end of the stretcher, the other on the other stretcher. He said, I just want to say, I don't want you to get too nervous or anything, but if you drop me, you'll never work again. Hmm. And everybody was very quiet. They thought he was serious. As soon as they left, he called in the grip guys and he said, get me some uh, camera weights. They're canvas, they're canvas bag weights. They're about 50, 60, 75 pounds, whatever they are. He said, line my, my mattress in the ambulance with them and put the mattress back down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, oh, my God. I'm visualizing what's going to happen. Now, I'm standing, if you saw the scene in the movie, yeah. I'm standing outside the ambulance with my wife. We're all waiting. And, and here comes this stretch out the back door. And the wheels drop of the gurney. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy is in the inside coming out with the other side. Well, you could see the other guy already is like, whoa, how much did this guy weigh? Yeah. Oh but all gosh. the weights, as soon as the other wheels drop, this guy falls right on top of Marlon Brandon because they dropped to the floor. Right. And he ran off the lot. To this day, we still haven't seen him. Never to be seen <laughs> Never again. came back. He ran out with this old uniform. Oh, my gosh. So that's And acting. Randall was right. He, he never worked again. That's right. Yeah, honestly. Oh, I don't think the guy revolution. anywhere. I don't think where. Yeah, he, he probably never wanted to be in the set again. Yeah, so was Brando crazy. was a little bit of a jokester. Oh, but, oh, we had so much fun. But I'm looking. Here we did again another 50 minutes, man. Yeah. 
yeah. our producer Mike and Mike is sitting in California saying, "Time's up, time's up. We can't hear you." Shout out uh, to Mike. But I'll tell you, again, we Great enjoy show. doing this, and thank you all for paying attention to us, tuning in. The biggest thing is you got to keep subscribing. We want to stay on. I love visiting all of us, and we have our websites up. And it's, you know, HollywoodGodfather.com, podcast. I keep thinking of my book, our book. It's HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com. And another show is going up today, Wednesday. And we will be on again and again and again. And just thank you. We really appreciate you calling in, being a part of us, or tuning in, rather. And um, anything to say? Any parting words? Well, oh, you give the salutation of you. Yes, that'll that'll be a that'll be attached very soon. Yeah, that, that's our staple. Pat, love you. Yes, sir. And we'll see you all next week. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. Email Gianni Russo with your questions, comments, and for information regarding his motivational speaking appearances to Gianni at HollywoodGodfatherPodcast.com. Email Patrick Picciarelli with your questions and comments to patrick at hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com and visit amazon.com for a listing of books he has written. I'm Megan Horan. I can be emailed at megan at hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com and would enjoy hearing from you. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. But most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your emails. Good night.